0: Let's open our Bibles, John chapter 5, John chapter 5, we've been uh, talking like uh, we've been saying here about healing, that Jesus does heal, I just truly, truly, truly believe that he does heal. We looked last week, the first part of chapter 5, where Jesus healed the man at the pool, and you know, he told him to get up, something he couldn't do, but God gave him the strength, God did it. He told him to pick up his mat to like leave the past behind, and and make a break with the past. Not a just in case, keep it there. And then he told him to walk, and you know that that walking is is the living the life, following Jesus, being a disciple, a follower of Jesus. You know, Jesus does this healing in our lives, and what more can we do than to give Him everything, really? We have all kinds of healing that, that's needed. He healed the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and we need to look to Jesus, keep our eyes fixed on Him. Today, uh, uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that's Jesus. You know, you can go to churches today and not hear about Jesus. That's kind of scary. It's kind of sad. And, but why? Because, because what's the application to that? Right? What's the message in that? We, we we think it has to be something to tell us how to pay the bills, tells us, tell us how to you know uh, make progress in this life and how to do this. What about Jesus? For Jesus, you know that's that's really what we sang about. You know, I, I just want you. That's what's going to make the difference. Having a relationship and a walk with Jesus in our life that that affects everything else. That's why Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God." His righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. They'll be taken care of. So, Jesus, we got to start there. we got to go there. We've got to finish there. It's all for, for the human race, for you and me. It's all about Jesus. Without, without Him, we, you know, there's no story. There is no path. There is no going forward. So, you know, we get to these sections, especially in the Gospel of John. They're just radical, radical sections. You know, what did Jesus say about himself? What did he say? Was it radical? I I think sometimes we just read it and pass right over. We don't realize how radical these things that he said really, really are. Did the people of that day have a problem with what he said? Some really, really did. Do people today have a problem with, with what Jesus says? Some really, really do. For the most, I think for the, for the uh, multitude, really, they just ignore it. There's this apathy. I don't really care. But those that really listen, they say, well, you know, that, I'm never going to listen. I'm never going to believe. I'm never going to follow that. You know, how could he possibly say something like that? As we've seen already in the Gospel of John, Jesus claimed to be equal with God. He claimed to be equal with God, and that's radical. Can you imagine if he came onto the scene today? Think with me for a second. If Jesus came out, you know, he hadn't come yet, and he came here today, and he shows up, and he he makes these radical statements saying that he is God. He's equal with the Father. What would you think? What would, you know, how would your reactions be? Let's look at starting in verse 16, the setting. So, he'd healed this man. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. They persecuted him. They weren't happy with him. And, and, and what kinds of things was he doing on the Sabbath day? Bad things? No, he was healing people. He was helping people. He was doing good things. In, in actuality, when you... Look at this thing about, you know, Jesus breaking the Sabbath. He actually didn't break the Sabbath. What he did break was the traditions or the things that they had added to the Sabbath. The Sabbath. Look back for a second. We went over this quickly last week. Look back to chapter 5, the middle of verse 9. When he had healed this man, it says, the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Can you believe that? These are the spiritual leaders now of the day. And he he confronts them, and he wasn't afraid to confront them, you know, and, and he did it an awful lot. And so what was their response? They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him for this, this breaking of the law, the breaking of what they felt was the Sabbath. Now, a little bit of history about this, you know, the 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 we have the law basically given to us in the first five books of the Bible, and 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 so we have what's written there. And in the, in the let's just look at the Sabbath alone, though. Jesus, or excuse me, God has said, you know, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, right? That's what is part of one of the Ten Commandments, right? Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Now, you have to look at why he said that and what he said. But first of all, what these uh, spiritual leaders did, they, they took that one commandment, right? Which is very simple. And they actually added like 23 chapters, 23 chapters to interpret exactly what that would mean. 23 chapters about that. And it's no wonder why they were persecuting Jesus. They add, had added all this stuff. When we start to add stuff to what God says, watch out. When you, when you hear about a group says, you know, we love the Bible, but, you know, our book, you've got to read our book along with the Bible so that you can understand and so that you can, you know, it, it kind of helps you Open your eyes to what the Bible's really saying. Watch out when you hear that kind of stuff. Though. Don't go there. God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You know, it, it, what was it given for? It was, it, it was given for rest. It was given for worship. It was given so that man would not burn himself out. That's why, the seventh day. You know, it, the, the principle, you know, not the legalism and the bondage that they had come up up with the principle though is still a good one for us that we need to take time we can't work seven days a week 20 hours a day and expect that it's not going to it's not going to kill us in the end it's not going to burn us out in the end we need to take time on a regular basis remember the sabbath day to keep it holy they made they made it so ridiculous that that you couldn't even carry a needle you couldn't carry false teeth, so you had to go without teeth on that day. If you had a wooden leg, you couldn't, no, you can't do that. They wanted to kill him for it. Jesus, you know, talks about these things. You know, one of these things that, that you know, that got them so mad was this particular thing that he, that he came on the scene and he was, he was doing all these good things, and they wanted to kill him for it. I want you to turn back with me to to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, for just a minute. I'm going to read a few verses over there. Matthew, chapter 10. Again, some of the things that Jesus was saying about himself. Matthew, chapter 12, excuse me, not 10, chapter 12, verse 10. He says it says there was a man with a shriveled hand there, and looking for a reason to accuse him, they asked him, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" They're testing him now. And he said to them, "If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out?" And they would. How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. He was the only one who who could give any explanation. In another place, it says that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. He He was over the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out, and they plotted how they might kill Jesus. They plotted how they might kill him. Why? Because he did something good? Because he healed somebody? So, so let's move back to John now. So, so that's not all. He, he, he got them very upset about this, about this healing on, on the Sabbath. But, but he didn't stop there. Jesus was never afraid to stop and, and continue on giving the truth. Look at verse 17, chapter 5 of John. Jesus said to them, those that were persecuting Him, My Father is always at His work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill Him. Not only was He breaking the Sabbath, but He was even calling God His own Father, making Himself equal with God. He was making Himself equal with God with God. These two things when you look at the whole picture these you know there were there were some other reasons why they were so angry they were envious of Jesus because you know the people were going to him and they wanted the people to come to themselves but really these things really who he said he was is really at the heart of it the the fact of the things that he did that irked them but notice he says that in verse seventeen, i I too am working. My father is always at work to this very day. and isn't that good that God is always working? Now you read the creation you know uh, account and at the seventh day it says, you know he, he rested. Why? To set us an example, but that didn't mean that he, that he stopped you know running the universe, keeping all things in motion. So... He's still working today. He's still working in your life. Whether you're working hard or you're taking a break, God is still at work. But but Jesus, again, talking about this, and, and, and and he starts to use this kind of language. My Father, he's working. I'm working. You remember what happened when Jesus was 12 years old? And, and he was, they, they had gone to Jerusalem and, and all as a group, and then it was time to leave. They were going home, and, and all of a sudden, you know, they'd been traveling on the road. They realized Jesus wasn't with the, gro- with the group, with the, with the family and all the people they're traveling to. What, what happened? They went back to, to Jerusalem. They went back to the temple courts. They went back and they found him. And what did he say? He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is, you know, from from day one. Who is this guy? I'm not sure what it would have been like to grow up with Jesus. You know, those half-brothers that he had. Because there were other brothers and other family members. And and we know James, uh, Jude, were were both half-brothers. But Jesus saying these words now, it, it sounds simple enough. You know, well, my father's at work and I'm working. okay. But these religious leaders, these Jews, these spiritual uh, Pharisees and and, and, and this type of person, they heard what he was saying, what he was really saying. Again, we can just, you know, gloss right over these things and and just race right over them. But, But for him to say that, when he called God his Father, he was making himself, as they said here, the explanation here in verse 18, he was making himself equal with God say, why do you make such a point about that? You talk about that like every other week. We're getting tired of hearing about that. I hope not. Because that's the truth. That's what it is. You know, they said he was breaking the Sabbath, which he wasn't. They said he was claiming to be equal with God, which he is. You know, again, our foundation, the the truth of of what we believe is, you know, it's wrapped up in who Jesus Christ is. If we don't understand that, if we don't recognize that, we've got a defective faith. We've got a faith that isn't going to stand. If Jesus was just a man, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. You know, you might as well go follow somebody else. In John 19, it says the Jews insisted, we have a law. They were talking to Pontius Pilate, wanting again to put Jesus to death. It says, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die. Why? Because he claimed to be the Son of God. In other words, God the Son. He must die because of that. Pontius Pilate, did he find anything wrong with Jesus? No, of course not. He didn't do anything wrong. Look at verse 19, they were mad, they tried even harder to kill him. Verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because the, whatever the father does, the son also does. We see here in this verse, there's like this interdependence. There's a special relationship. And again, they they were smart enough to understand that Jesus is like saying some stuff that is rocking their whole system. You know, Jesus said, I can't do anything unless he's doing it. We work together. We're, We're like one in this thing. The Father would show him everything. I think... I think what they were thinking and what, what, what really uh, was going through their, their whole you know, process of, of this dialogue is, Who do you think you are? Saying that to Jesus, Who do you think you are? Now, when we say that to somebody, we usually have kind of an attitude, right? Somebody says something to me, you know, Three years old, you know, my granddaughter said to me, don't make me mad. Don't make me mad. Who do you think you are? Don't make me mad. To say that to Jesus, you know. Jesus, and, 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 and you know, the thing is, Jesus wasn't insecure about it at all. I mean, he, had, he didn't try to, you know, he didn't have to like, prove himself, though he did, but he just knew who he was. Who do you think you are, Jesus? So he had this interdependence. It was this working together with the Father. That's why we talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how they're, they are one, and they're working together, three persons, one God, and they, they're, they're kind of all interdependent, and they work together. Look at verse... Uh, 21. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom He is pleased to give it. Now we see here that, that, that they have the power. The Father has the power over life and death. The Son also has the power over life and death. Is there any man that has power over life, life and death on this planet? But Jesus had power over life and death. We know he raised the dead. We, we find three instances of that in the Scripture. Jesus raised, you know, the the, uh, the son of the widow of Nain from the dead. He rose. He he raised uh, Jairus' his daughter. And who else? Lazarus. Lazarus. Right. So we know we saw that he has the power. Whenever he wants to, he could raise someone from the dead. Not. A man cannot do that, but God can. Jesus is just like, now I can just see these people, they're just like boiling. You know, again, we just read these and just like, but but those people that day, they were hearing these words and they were like getting so angry, they were boiling, we're going to kill him. We're going to do everything we can. We got to kill this guy. He's like, he just, they were so upset with him. And did he stop? No, look at verse 22. Moreover, if that wasn't enough, you spiritual leaders, he says, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Not only that, but but now he's saying that he, as the Son, has got all judgment in his hands. Can any man have that kind of judgment? Can any any human being have that kind of judgment? It's just not going to happen. The Son is now judge as well. Acts 17 says that God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. What man is that? He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. The man Jesus has the power to judge. For us as believers, 2 Corinthians 5 says we're going to all appear before what? The judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to stand before Him. He can do that. And finally, for today, because Jesus will never be finished speaking about who He is in heaven, we're going to see, we're going to to be around the throne, and, and, and as they sing, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Holy, holy, holy. We're going to see these things around the throne of God forever and ever and on into eternity. But look at verse 23. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Again, you can just... Just gloss right over these. you can read these quickly, but, but do you see what it's saying here that, that all, not just some, but all, may honor the son just as they honor the Father. There's something about this that tells us this isn't just like bestowing a little bit of honor or something. This is, this is worship. This is honoring. Jesus Christ as God, God alone, they knew this. There was, no, there was no question in their minds. They knew that God alone would receive worship and honor. God only could receive worship and honor. And yet, Jesus is saying that the Son would receive it. Not only that, but he says that if you don't honor the Son, you don't honor the Father either. You can't honor the Father without honoring the Son. John wrote about it later in the, in, the, in the epistle of 1 John. He said, no one who denies the Son has the Father, but whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You cannot have a relationship with God without Jesus Christ. It's not possible. You can't deny Jesus. You can't deny that He was the Son of God. You can't deny that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and still go to heaven. It's just It's not possible. Jesus, why are you saying all these things? Again, what's the message? What's the application here? Jesus made all these radical, radical claims about who he was. So what do you do with all that? How does that work? What happens? I think if we're thinking people, we have to, we have to think about what what, what does it mean? And, and, and then, how do I respond to that? How many of you heard of uh, C.S. Lewis? I don't know if you can see that. It's kind of a little bit dark, but... He talks about this, but he wasn't the first one to talk about this, and, and, and there are others that have, uh, that have talked about it. Some call it the trilemma. You know, Jesus said... In, in so many ways, in so many words, he said, I am God. I am God. Now, if, if, it is, if it's true that Jesus is God, then he must be Lord. If it is false, and he was just being insincere, that means what? That he was lying. If he knew it wasn't true and he was saying it, he was lying to us. He was a liar. But if he was sincere about it, and it's false, then he's insane. So which is it? Can't can't all be true. Was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or was he actually who he said he was? He was God, he was the Lord. And he deserves that honor. He deserves the honor. That's why, that's why when you hear people use Jesus' name as a swear word, that irks me. If they do it a lot, I will say something. Can you just not, please don't use that? That's, that's Jesus. That's, that's Jesus' name. You can't stop everybody, by the way, you know. They, uh, they use words now that uh, they didn't use 20 years ago, and it, it like it's nothing. I didn't think I'd ever talk like that 20 years ago, you know. But I must be getting old. Jesus. Notice he said in that verse there, verse 23, that all may honor the Son. Paul talks about it in the Philippians, you know, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess, what? That Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You know, Lord means God. It doesn't mean, you know, a different category. Lord, He's Lord. Every knee will bow. You know, we have a choice. We have a choice in this life. When we hear about who Jesus is, we have a choice. Do we bend the knee now? Or we will bend the knee later. When it's not our choice. That doesn't mean we're going to go to heaven, though. We're going to be separated from him. Someone said this, and I put it on the screen for you. It says, which Jesus is he? Is he a good man? Is he a prophet? Is he an angel? Or some would say, is he an ascended master? Or is he God. This is the Jesus of John's gospel who is equal to God in nature and who from the beginning was God and is God, the eternal Son of God. Like I said, how's this going to help you pay the rent? How's this going to help you pass that test in school? How's this going to help you, you know, with the, the project you have at work? I don't know, but I know one thing, that He is God, and, and that worship is the first thing in our in our hearts and lives, and, and, and the rest of it will come out of that. What's the application? You and I need to worship Him. We're going to sing here in a minute, you know, the, the great name, the name of Jesus. We're going to sing, we're going to worship. Why? Because He... He deserves it. He's, you know, for you and I. He, he, he should receive that honor and that glory from you and I. Worship and honor him. Let's pray together and, we'll, and then we'll sing. Our gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and we, we thank you that it, that it challenges us, that it explains to us. Uh, more about your son, who, who Jesus really and truly is. Those people at that day, they didn't miss it. And sometimes we do here in our day, because we, sometimes we just don't pay attention. Forgive us, Lord. We're sorry for that. But as your word declares that you are God, that, that Jesus, we can honor you and we confess We trust, we believe, we worship and honor you as Lord, as God. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names, beautiful Savior, wonderful Lord, King of kings. Jesus, we just take a moment to worship you. We want to honor you for who you are today. Oh, I know we have a lot of problems, we have a lot of stuff, we have a lot of needs, but just put those aside for a minute and say, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. The name of Jesus, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. The one we need, the one we love, the one we serve. Jesus, 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 we honor you. We accept you into our lives, our hearts. We ask you to to come in and 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 take over clean house if need be. But be Lord. Be Lord. Be Lord of my life today. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?